handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. The NFL draft officially 30 days away. One month from today will be the start of the NFL draft. My guy, Andrew Thomason, here with me. Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Cody. All things are well. Uh, how are you doing? Good, man. I'm good. I'm excited that the draft is getting closer and closer. And speaking of the draft, the Colts have a decent amount of draft capital here coming up in this 2021 NFL draft. Kind of read off some of the picks they have. They have a first-round pick, 21 overall. Uh, in round two, they have 54 overall. Round four, 127 overall. Remember, they don't have the third-round pick because of the Carson Wentz trade. Round five, pick 165. Round six, pick 204. And round seven, 247. Now, obviously... We think there is a chance the Colts may trade some of these picks, whether that be 21 or one of these other picks. More than more than likely, it seems like Chris Ballard is trading at least once or twice in every draft. And so, um, Andrew, you know, kind of now that free agency is pretty much over, you know, maybe the Colts will add a few pieces here and there. Uh, but for the most part, the good chunk of free agency is over. Uh, some of the major needs that the Colts could have addressed in free agency are no longer out there. And so, by the title of this video, we're going to talk about some of these needs that the Indianapolis Colts will have going into this 2021 NFL draft. We'll kind of talk about three on offense and three on defense. So, Andrew, I'll let you start, man, with probably the most important one on the offensive side. Take it away, my friend. Wide receiver. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Left tackle, without yeah. question. Um and I want to make this abundantly clear. Uh, and I, I, Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport are not starters. They're backup level offensive linemen. They can both play both left and right tackle. Uh, they have experience as, as swing tackles when playing on the left side, which, you know, we, we know the Colts uh, from an offensive standpoint loved Anthony Costanzo because of his ability uh, to move uh, sort of like a guard, if you will. Um, at a tackle position, which is a lot harder than I think uh, some people might, may may uh, think. So, excuse me, uh, left tackle without question. And the good news for the Colts is uh, this draft class is extremely deep with uh, just it, uh, all kinds of hidden gems, if you will. I think the Colts could easily find a, a tackle in the second round, although if it were me, I wouldn't wait. I think if there's a tackle like a – I'm drawing a blank, Alex Leatherwood or a Liam Eikenberg or a Christian Derisaw, or I really hope Rashawn Slater slides to 21 uh, or at least to maybe the mid-tier teens to where the Colts can maybe jump up and get him if they really wanted to. I don't see that happening. Um, but if there's a tackle that I think is worth a first-round pick, which the tackles that I just mentioned I think are are worth that, um, it, it, at worst, at best, I think um, a – High-end second-round pick. So, for me, left tackle is – I mean, obviously, we've been talking about it for months, and uh, it stays the same. What are your thoughts, Cody? Uh, 
Yeah, and I'll throw another one in there. Sam Cosme from Texas. Uh, that's another big one that I know has been linked with the Colts a lot. I would love him as well. There's just so many names at offensive tackle. You're right. And that's big reason why I've said it. Derek said it. You've said it. That's why you don't go and spend the big money on a Trent Williams. That's why you don't go trade for Orlando Brown. Because you're going to have to pay those guys that kind of money when you could have, ideally, a first-round tackle for very cheap for – four plus years, right? And, and, and even if you pick up his fifth year option, it's still relatively cheap compared to what you got to pay some of those guys. So uh, yeah, I agree. I think left tackle undoubtedly is still the biggest need. I mean, I feel like the Colts have kind of shown their hand a little bit and kind of have, have been open and said, yeah, we're looking to, to get a tackle here early in the, in the, in the draft. So I think definitely tackle is the biggest need undoubtedly on offense and uh, you're right. I mean, the guys that they signed, you know, they're backups for a reason. They're moving on for a reason. Um, you know, I, I will say that uh, that a few of these guys, these few of these offensive tackles have a little bit of experience. And I mean, more so Sam Tevy than than Julian Davenport. Um, but Sam Tevy, I don't remember the exact phrase it was, but something along the lines of, you know, some reporter or something from the Chargers said he was an absolute disaster last year. So I don't love hearing that. Um, but obviously, you know, the Chargers were a mess a lot last year on the offensive line. It seems like they've had the trouble for a long time. But nonetheless, that guy can't be – I think you can't be worse than a Chaz Green or Lil Raven Clark. I mean, you can't be. Um, so I think he's a quality depth piece. But you're right. You can't just go into the season with him as your tackle. I think tackle needs to be the number one priority. Um but you know what? I get what you're saying, like taking in the first round. And I agree. If one of those guys is available there, I think it's no no brainer. You do take him. But I also think maybe if there's another position of need, which we'll get into, that is there. With how t- deep this tackle class is, maybe you do trade up. But I feel like you could get a normally first round talent maybe in that second round. So I see both sides of it, definitely. But I definitely think in those first two rounds, definitely you have to. You can't wait till the fourth round to go get an offensive tackle. Uh, moving on to the second need, I think that's that's pretty obvious, is the tight end position. A playmaking tight end. It's been rumored, and the Colts have talked about it. They need a more pass-catching tight end. You still have Jack Doyle. You still have Molly Cox, who you tendered. So you still have both of those guys around. But you still are missing that, you know, Sorry, Colts fans, don't crucify me, but the Eric Ebron type of receiving tight end, right? The tight end that can take the top off of a defense, the tight end that can be a threat in the red zone and is consistently, you know, creating matchup problems for defense. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit surprised the Colts weren't a little bit more aggressive at tight end in free agency. But, you know, there is some some decent guys there, and I feel like it could be a surprise earlier round pick than a lot of people are thinking, honestly. Um, I know obviously Zach Ertz has been thrown around as well, but really nothing has happened there. Like I think if he was to be released, undoubtedly the Colts would go after him. Uh, I know I just saw actually like a few minutes ago of us recording this, the Colts were trying out tight end Jeremy Sprinkle. So that's an interesting name um, to keep an eye on for that. But I, I still think you might have to draft the guy, even if you did sign him. But what are your thoughts, Andrew, on the tight end position? Do you think the Colts, Need to address it in the draft? Do you think there's maybe another option in free agency or trade or whatever? What are your thoughts on tight end? Well, I think it's obviously a position of need, as you mentioned. I think Zach Ertz, as you also mentioned, is a name to I mean, keep an eye on. I, I think it's kind of the cat is out of the bag, if you will. I'm sorry, don't kill me for that cliche. <laughs> but that's just it. The, I mean, Zach Ertz in Philadelphia's relationship is kind of 
gone sour, I would think. Uh, they've given him permission to request it or to seek uh, a trade. And I don't think if they find a, an adequate trade partner that they're going to eventually cut him. And I think Frank Reich would obviously jump all over that given his connection uh, clearly with, with Reich himself. And then obviously Carson Wentz being there now too. Uh, I think that is a name to keep your eye on. Uh, and another name that I will, I'll kind of throw out there sort of as a, as a maybe under the radar kind of player. Uh, and it's not in free agency, it's in the draft. <laughs> mm. And um, I honestly, it's sort of what, I'll go back to what you said earlier, Cody, about the tackle class being so deep that I think if Kyle Pitts were to fall into mm. the mid twenties or maybe the lower teens, 17, 18, 19, I don't see it happening, but if he were to fall that far, someone as big and as strong and as physical as he is, who can stretch the field vertically, who is an okay uh, run blocker. I think he's just an all around great tight end. And I think Frank Reich would absolutely love having him uh, in his offense. And then I think Carson Wentz would obviously be the next um, beneficiary of, of a player who has got just star written all over him and a tight end like Kyle Pitts. Oh man. Oh, I mean, that would be incredible. That would be a dream. I mean, some people have him as a top five guy getting drafted. So if that was to happen, I'd be shocked, but honestly, I'd be ecstatic if the Colts were able to get him. I mean, that just changes your offense. We know how much the Colts like to use their tight ends. I mean, if you look at the stats from last year, literally all their tight ends had like near the same amount of catches, three of them, same amount of catches, same amount of yards, and the same amount of touchdowns. It was crazy how like even spread it was to all three tight ends. And if the Colts were able to get a matchup guy like him, I would absolutely love it, man. But so I had one more thing to add. The with you mentioned how often the Colts use their tight ends or how how much their offense is predicated on solid tight end play. Look at it from a Carson Wentz standpoint. When he had the most success under Frank Reich in Philadelphia, the Eagles were running two and three tight end sets off of play action, um, off of uh um, you know, single back sets, even, uh, I mean, just anything that they could, that they could find ways to get their tight ends involved, whether it was Zach Ertz, whether it was Brett Selleck and others, uh, they were going to, uh, and I think that that is now that Carson Wentz is a part of the Indianapolis Colts, something that Frank Reich, a new offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady will look to implement going into the future. Mm, I agree. And then we're talking about more weapons. Uh, what's the last one you have here for potential positions of need for the Colts? I'm going to go wide receiver, um, and I know some people might be thinking, Andrew, you're crazy. Allow me to explain. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's contract is a one-year deal. He did say recently that whatever contract he signed next, that that is likely going to be the end of his career. Now, that obviously could change because given the new TV deals that the NFL signed recently and the value of the salary cap going to go uh, up exponentially, at least compared to what it was this year, um, that obviously – could have been a reason for Hilton to take that low of a contract. Uh, but nonetheless, I think the Colts have to sort of prepare for life without T.Y. Hilton. I think Michael Pittman has uh, a chance to be a star in, in this league. I think he's going to really take that next step. I really like Zach Pascal. He's a guy that doesn't really get talked about too much. Um, I, I still have question marks about Paris Campbell and whether or not he can stay healthy. Sure. Uh, and uh, until I see that personally, I think, Cody, maybe you, you see the same way, see it the same way. Uh, as well as others, as, uh, until we can see him stay healthy for a consistent amount of games, uh, it's fair to at least question uh, whether or not he's going to be able to uh, stay healthy. No fault sure. of his own, um, but that's just unfortunately sometimes how how the NFL works. And so 
uh, perhaps if, if he can't stay healthy and then T.Y. Hilton leaves and now you've got Zach Pascal and Michael uh, Michael Pittman and now you're looking for a, a third wideout to uh, to pair with uh, Pascal and Pittman. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not shocked by this. People have been saying, I don't know if the Colts are going to draft a receiver. I'm like, I feel like they, they're going to. I feel like they are definitely going to draft a wide receiver. Um, and even some of those other names, like I know some people are higher probably than some of these guys than I am. Like, uh, you know, some people talk about Ashton Doolin, who I love, but I just think he's more of a special teams guy. Um, Michael Harris. I mean, I liked what he, I saw from him, but also like, I don't know. He, he just hasn't proven a ton yet to me. So I'd rather, yeah, just almost overcompensate at wide receiver because you looked at it last year. I even tweeted this out, Andrew, a few days ago. I'm like, the Colts need to get depth at wide receiver. I'm sick and tired of, no offense to Marcus Johnson, but I'm sick and tired of guys like Marcus Johnson coming off the street and having to be the number two wide receiver. It's getting ridiculous at this point. So I think the Colts need to kind of what they do what they did with the running back position, kind of overkill a little bit. And I think that's what's going to happen with the depth. Um, you know, I think just based off of the last couple of years, it's fair to assume one of these wide receivers is going to get banged up at some point. So I think the Colts just need to, to you know, obviously look for the future, but also a little bit of insurance as well. Um if and when that does happen, because more often than not, it has happened the last couple of years. Paris Campbell has not played. I don't even know how many games he played. The, he hasn't played probably more than five or six games in his career. So I've liked what I've seen from him, but you're right, Andrew. It, you cannot say definitively we're fine with Paris Campbell because he's been injured. He just has. And that's just a fact. Uh, no, to no fault of his own. It's kind of been some freak things, especially last year. But, yeah, I definitely think wide receiver, I could see that maybe being like a round four selection with a guy. I know uh, Derek loves the guy. I can't even say his name. Josh Ibator Bahimi. I think that's how you say his name. Insane intangibles. I would love him if you got him there in the fourth round. I think that'd be a really nice value guy. He's a physical freak type of guy. That's just one guy out of many. That's just a name that came that could be maybe a mid-round type of guy. But, you know, a guy like that, I feel like could, could be really, really impactful for the Colts. Um, and you have another guy, I didn't even mention Desmond Patman as well, who I think the Colts like, but I mean, he didn't see a snap either last year. So I'd rather just give you give you more options at wide receiver and then let the best guys duke it out at the end of the day. That's kind of where I'm at at wide receiver right now. And then we can move over to the defense, talking about the three needs on defense. The first one, most biggest and obvious need, the edge rush. The edge rush is a big need with the Colts losing a guy like Danico Watry, who started some games for them last year at defensive end. They did sign Isaac Rochelle, but they haven't brought back Justin Houston or Al-Kadim Muhammad at this point. And, uh, you know, we, if we said the defensive interior was a strength of the team, probably the edge was the biggest weakness on this defense last year. Uh, you know, that's kind of debatable, but I think it's one of the weaknesses. So I think the Colts right now, they have a lot of young guys. They do. They have two young guys in particular you look at in Kamoko Ture and Ben Banigou. You know, I would look at Ture's season last year, Andrew, and more say, look, he was coming off that injury. He wasn't 100%. I kind of give him a pass for last year. But we saw a couple of years ago, Kamoko Ture, he was tearing it up, man. He was tearing it up to start the year, but he did have that injury. So he hasn't lived up to that expectation yet because of the injury to him. Ben Banigou simply has just not seen the field. He just, uh, you know, he has the physical tools to be a good player in this league. He just, it's kind of similar to Taekwon Lewis, who I'll get to in a second, where it's kind of like, you know, we, he just was not practicing well. 
wasn't practicing up to the standard the Colts wanted, so he just wasn't seeing the field. He was a healthy scratch a lot of times. Mentioned Tyquan Lewis. I thought had a decent season, his best season, definitely. All things considered, I mean, I know we had talked about, and Derek and I had talked about, we said, could this guy potentially be cut uh, at the start of last season? But he credited him. He had a really phenomenal training camp and uh, solidified himself on that roster, had some nice moments there, could still improve. I think it'd be crazy to to see him maybe be a starter at defensive end. So I think there's they have a couple young options there. Um, and, and I know there's been some rumors that the Colts have been in talks potentially with bringing back Justin Houston for another year or two. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on the edge position as it relates to the draft? Well, I, I, for starters, I will say I like a lot of these different edge rushers. Uh, Gregory Rousseau is a name that intrigues me, although I don't think he tested very well. So he might have yeah. fallen a little bit on some people's boards. Uh, Jalen Phillips, a teammate of his, is somebody who I think happens to be a little bit better. I think he's got uh, a stronger, a uh, higher upside rather than Rousseau. That's just my opinion. Um, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other names. Quiddy Pay is a name. Quiddy Pay, yes, thank you. Uh, I love Quiddy Pay. I think if, if he were to land or fall to 21, I think the Colts should absolutely uh, take Pay uh, just because of, of – I think he's. I think he's just a stud. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, has he? Have they had their pro day yet? Michigan's pro day. Oh, uh, haven't heard anything. Doesn't mean they haven't. I just have not seen anything yet. Um, maybe it's coming up here later. You know, at the time we recorded this, what five thirty in uh, in the evening here on Monday. So it could. It'll probably come out by the time this video is out, or maybe not. Maybe it's coming up here very soon. But but yeah, uh, I agree. I, I like all these guys. Uh, I know I had Joseph Asai, a Texas edge rusher guy as well. He's not really much of a pass rusher as much as just an overall solid player, good edge guy. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot of options potentially there at the end of the first round for sure. Uh, what's another position, Andrew, that really stands out to you on defense? Well, for me, it's defensive back. Um, you bring Rhodes back for a year, but again, it's a year. That's not a two- or three-year extension. And I honestly thought – I was kind of surprised that it was only a one-year deal, similar to, as I mentioned, with T.Y. Hilton earlier. Uh, perhaps it's because they know that the cap, the overall salary cap is going to go up because of the TV deals uh, that yeah. the NFL just recently signed. But maybe he wants a chance to sort of prove himself again. Uh, he did it last year under defensive backs coach Jonathan Gannon, who is now the defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Chris Ballard probably said, hey, you know, we like you. We think you're a really good fit for our, our team, our defensive scheme. Uh, you performed exceptionally well given the circumstances last year. We want to see you do it again. And we want to see you perform consistently um, and not just have one good season and then we pay you and then, you know, things go south. So, uh, and then obviously, uh, Rocky Sin. I, I mean, he's, I hate to say it, he's been a liability. He's had some really solid moments and then he's had some really not so great moments to put it kindly. Um, Some really, really just awful pass interference penalties, which can be argued one way or the other. I understand that. But at the end of the day, as a defensive back, you can't commit, you know, defense pass interference penalties as often as he did last season. It's just, Mm -hmm. it it won't bode well. And it it's costly uh, for one thing. And then you have uh, a guy that I really like coming out, coming out of, uh, I I was going to say coming out of retirement. That's not what I want to say. He's coming out of um, opting out last season. Yeah. That's Marvell Tell, uh, who prior to the 2020 season, I had really, really, really liked. I think I've mentioned on here before 
He had a really, yeah. really solid play uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, not this past year, obviously, but the year before, um, which got the Colts back into the game. He's got a lot of those physical traits that you like to see in a corner. I think he was a safety at USC and then yeah. uh, switched to corner. Uh, my only concern is, is what is a year off going to look like for him? Is he going to be rusty? Is he got, not going to be the same? Does he have those same instincts? Does he have those same capabilities as he did back when he was drafted in 2019? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, Isaiah Rogers is obviously another name to keep an eye on. I think, um, you know, you were talking off air about Stephen Holder and Zach Kiefer's 1% Better podcast, and you had listened to that for the first time. And I mm-hmm. do recall on that podcast, podcast Zach saying that, uh, Isaiah Rogers could potentially compete for uh, that outside corner spot. I think in terms of his tangibles, in terms of what he's capable of bringing to the table. And I tend to agree with him. I think that absolutely, given the uncertainties around Rocky Sin, uh, Xavier Rhodes only playing one year, or a contract only being one year rather, I think the Colts yeah. are going to have to find an outside corner that they know that they can rely on uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, outside of Kenny Moore, and really that's it for your future, it's all up in the air. It is all uncertain. So I think for that reason, if the Colts took a corner in round one, I would not be shocked at all because they don't have a number one guy for the next five to ten years. They just don't. I mean, Kenny Moore is a phenomenal player, but he's a slot corner. He's not your outside boundary. He can play that, but that's not his normal you know, place he likes to play normally. Um, so I would love to see personally the Colts just find their guy at corner. I mean, I'm kind of tired. It's kind of interesting how the Colts kind of go about it. Um, like I feel like there's the last couple of years, they just have not really had a true dominant. I mean, Xavier Rhodes was really good last year. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like they haven't had a dominant corner in a long time. They haven't had a dominant tight end in a long time. Some of these positions were like, just address it, man. Just get your guy, get a dude. And I think if the Colts were able to do that and get one of those guys there, whether it is at one of those positions, uh, I think it would just pay major dividends, man, for uh, just for your defense in general um, and kind of help answer and ease some tensions. Because I remember even last year, I said, man, this defensive backs, these corners especially, I feel like this defense is going to live and die on how good or up and down these corners play. And it was very true, right? Sometimes they were phenomenal. Sometimes this defense looked like a top five defense. Other times they looked like a bottom half defense. I mean, this defense was really good. Don't get me wrong. But there were certain times where there were some struggles there at corner, specifically Rocky Sen, where you're just like, man, we're getting torched right now. I mean, and it does come with the territory of playing with better quarterbacks. I understand that. But also, like, at the end of the day, when you're getting shredded like you got shredded at certain points, you got a question, okay, where is this coming from? Do we need to make an upgrade at corner? And I think this is a big year for Rocky Sen, like you mentioned. And there, because there are a lot of talented guys that could potentially come and steal his spot if he does not show up here now in year three. Um, so I think maybe the Colts are like, let's keep putting the pressure on him to perform and let's get another guy that's going to challenge him for that number two corner spot. Would not be shocked at all. We know how much Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and everybody preaches competition. So corner is definitely a big need, in my opinion. You just need some questions answered. And if you drafted a guy like that, that could help answer some questions, hopefully, there pretty early on. All right, so the last one we'll talk about is the linebacker position. I know I know, some people are like, Cody, why, why would you put linebacker on here? We got Leonard. We got Okariki. I understand that. I completely understand that. What I will say here is that 
in terms of depth, I kind of like what the Colts have, but I know how much Chris Ballard, first off, loves line, drafting linebackers. I mean, good, good grief. How many linebackers has he drafted since he's been here in Indianapolis? I've lost count at this point. I mean, he, they kept seven linebackers on the roster, if that tells you how much Ballard likes his linebackers. Uh, so, you know, and he's also been really good at drafting linebackers as well. Like, you look at all his drafts, I mean, Anthony Walker, who just left and signed with Cleveland, I mean, he's probably going to be a starter on that team. And, uh, you know, he really was losing playing time. That just tells you the kind of the players they have at linebacker right now. But I could definitely see Chris Ballard continuing to add to that, continuing to tink, kind of tinker with that uh, linebacker group, kind of add a little bit more depth, add a little bit more athleticism, and uh, let some of those younger guys also, you know, EJ Speed comes to mind, Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams. There's so many guys here that you're like, man, these guys are solid, solid linebackers. I don't know about you, Andrew. I'm really intrigued by by him, by EJ Speed especially. I mean, this dude is physically insane, like by all stretch of the imagination. But I think overall, I would not be shocked one bit if Ballard goes linebacker. That could be a little bit surprising for a lot of people. But knowing Chris Ballard's history, it seems like every year he has a pick where we just like, was that a need? I guess it was a need. <laughs> I guess we're going to roll with it and see what happens. More often than not, it comes through and it works well. Well, without question, I think if we can point to any one position in the last four years that Chris Ballard has hit on every single time, uh, that's linebacker. And you're talking starters and you're talking depth players. And some of those players you obviously just mentioned, your Matthew Adams, your EJ Speeds of the world. And I like EJ Speed, as you mentioned, from a physical uh, characteristic standpoint. Uh, I also have questions about whether or not he could fill in because we were kind of talking off air. I think the expectation is that Okariki slides to Mike. Yeah. Leonard stays where he's at, and then you have EJ Speed or Matthew Adams slide into that Sam role, which is obviously where Okariki was when Anthony Walker was here. He's now with Cleveland, uh, and he's actually a prime example of, of how well Chris Ballard is drafted. He was a fifth-round pick and yeah. uh, is now going to potentially be a starter for the Cleveland Browns, so uh, good for him first and foremost. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Ballard goes ahead and, and drafts another linebacker just because, as you mentioned, number one, he loves to do that. Uh, and, he, and he is really darn good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I look at all the positions he's been really good at. Linebacker's one. Running back is another. I mean, you look at good grief. All the running backs he's drafted have contributed in certain ways. I mean, your top three running backs are all guys you drafted outside of the first round. I mean, before Jonathan Taylor, you didn't draft anybody before uh, the fourth round. You know, Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines – you know, fourth and fifth round picks. So uh, I definitely agree. Ballard had definitely knows how to draft linebackers. I would not be shocked by that at all. And I get that. There's a little bit of question marks at linebacker. I mean, in term, not in terms of the two starters, but in terms of the depth. Now I will say with the Sam linebacker, probably won't see the field a lot. So I'm not overly concerned about that, honestly, but we know how much Ballard likes to tinker. I could see them taking another fifth round pick, getting another linebacker that could, maybe be as good, if not better, than Anthony Walker based off of Chris Ballard's history. Uh, so, all right, I think that'll do it, guys, for our look here at the positions of need for the Indianapolis Colts going into this 2021 NFL draft. So excited for this draft, excited for what the Colts are going to do. They got some positions they got to fill, man. They've got a few. <laughs> They've got quite a few they have to fill. And uh, we know how good Chris Ballard has been at drafting the last couple of years. 
So I have faith that he's going to do it again, and he's going to find some really quality guys. But uh, that's our list on our thoughts. Uh, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts, though. Is there a position that we left off that you guys think, oh, I probably want the Colts to address it, address this position, address that position? Or is there a pick you're like, why did they pick this position? Just let us know in the comments below. But for Andrew and myself, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.